Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metza. We have a fabulous guest on tonight. Miss Sally Mann Romano has written a great book called The Bands With Me Tour 1964 to 1975. And you will, if you get this book, and uh, I think after you hear this interview, you're going to want to, you will have an all-access pass to uh, an incredible rock and roll life, no holds barred, and she tells it like it is. She is also an attorney in her native Texas, is the proprietor of an animal sanctuary and deep pocket money pit known as Rocket Ranch Rescue. She came to the law after her marriage to Spencer Dryden, drummer for the Jefferson Airplane, having also spent a number of years working for, traveling with, intending to Frank Zappa, the Grateful Dead, Grace Slick, 10 years after Stephen Stills, the band, and other characters of similarly dubious repute she's a clothes horse and a complete motorhead and uh we've just gotten to know each other over the last several months via uh the magic that is the twitter verse and sally i want to welcome you to the wall of power radio hour thank you so much for having me paul i really appreciate it this is an incredible book you were one rock and roll babe and uh, i imagine you still are but uh wow what a life you've led I'm, a, I'm pretty much more like a rock and roll bag lady these days, but I appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate the reference anyway. Well, you know, I uh, when I started to see, I don't know if it was on Facebook or Twitter, uh, your picture, it's from the stage of Woodstock, and you're sitting next to your best friend, Grace Slick, from the Jefferson Airplane. Right. Those are, um, you know, it's just so amazing how those pictures have sort of lived on. I mean, no one really believes that we'd still be looking at them 50 years later, but um, those are taken by Henry Diltz, and um, what's so great is that a lot of his other photographs are in the book as well. Um, He was the, uh, you know, the sort of official Woodstock photographer, and he and Jim Marshall were there um, taking taking lots of pictures, and and, um, there we are in all of our glory, uh, trying to stay dry and out of the mud. Yeah, well, and as a matter of fact, Grace Slick wrote the foreword to your book, The Band's That's With That's right, Me. she sure did, she sure did. And you are still in touch with Grace, correct? Uh-huh, I just talked to her on Saturday, in fact. How's you know, she, she just, doing? Well, you know, she just came through the uh, the fires, the Malibu fires uh, yeah. were... Um, a pretty traumatic event. She uh, the uh, she lives on a road that uh, was consumed by by the blaze, and the firefighters couldn't get there. But um, uh. a neighbor managed to lasso somebody who saved her house, and but the grounds were completely destroyed. And so, you know, she had to evacuate, and and it's 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 been awful, really. And um, but she's you know she's hanging in. She's back home, and things are starting to come back. She said the neighborhood is starting to look a little green again. And, Good. Um, um, she's all right. She's doing. She's she's her same irrepressible self. <laughs> That's why we love her. One of the reasons takes no prisoners. <laughs> That's a good model for the rest of us. Sally, you uh, grew up in Texas. Tell us uh, what that was like. What the town was, and how the hell you got out of there and got your way to Los Angeles. Oh Lord. <laughs> well, um, it, it you can date everything in my life from. Um, pre-Beatles, post-Beatles. Okay. You know, because the, the world just completely changed on its axis in 19-whatever. 64. You know, Ed Sullivan, Ed Sullivan appearances were. So, um, it went from, it was, the world went you from know, I just always was wanting to, I just, you know, I was in trouble all the time. And just, <laughs> you know, my father was very strict. And um, it was just, you know, it, just everything you can imagine it to be. But after the Beatles broke, it was... Uh, you know how how do I exit this place and marry Paul McCartney? Um, you know it was my entire mission in life was to to marry a Beatle and, and uh, um, you know it 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 just it, it just you know it's it's impossible to to explain to people these days what a cataclysmic event you know the Beatles were in, in so many people's lives it just changed everything. Well, um, and that was you know it was really the time. Uh 
in my book, Blue Guitar Highway, say 1955 was the time America went from black and white to color. But I also think you could say uh, 1964 was the time America went uh, from black and white to color. So you got out to uh, California and... Uh, did you have any plans? You were just, I'm going to Los Angeles and see what's going to no, happen. No, it, uh, it, it, uh, it came about at a, a typically, you know, it, these are just sort of the hallmark of my life, you know, of just doing something just incredibly insane without a plan <laughs> in mind and about 56 cents to rub together. I, uh, I, I was, um, I had graduated from high school in Houston a couple of years early. I, uh, for all of my wantonness, I'm a really good student and I, skipped two grades and so I was like 16 years old and two days after I graduated from high school in Houston I mean everybody had to get at that time you know, wanted to get to Austin so the right. only way I could do that was to go to the University of Texas and um, when I was there things were just exploding I mean you have no idea Austin in 1965 was just you know a really exciting place to be and mm-hmm. um Doug, coincidentally, at the same time, um, Doug Somm um, uh, had uh, released a couple of singles and was really starting to break nationwide, and I had uh, started to go out with his road manager, who, for the sole reason that he looked exactly like Bob Dylan, um, <laughs> his complete qualifications. That's how you were, did Exactly like Bob Dylan. Um, and one day he announced to me that they were leaving. They were leaving. Well, Doug was in San Antonio, uh, but they were leaving Texas to go to Hollywood uh, to be on Hullabaloo and Shindig and uh, do a, a press tour for uh, She's About a Mover. Right. Nationwide hit single, and I said, "Oh, you know, there is absolutely no way I'm staying here, right. and y'all are going out there without me." So it was just like this migration that you know it would make a great HBO series. It's the whole um, Doug's whole band, um, or all of these, and their relative. I mean, it was like you know chickens in paper sacks, and you know goats and stuff was right. uh, right. uh, piled into all of these station wagons, and I. Um, so I essentially ran away, you know, I ran away from, uh, uh, although I ran away from home, I mean, I ran away from campus. And I had, I sold, the week before, I sold everything I owned, which was like my, my textbooks and a blow hairdryer, uh, a bonnet hairdryer, not even a blow hairdryer, um, and took off for uh Parts unknown in Hollywood, and it took us about four. We had to do a detour because all of a sudden they freaked out because I was so underage right. that they were all going to get arrested. So we detoured down into Mexico, and um, Richard his, uh, was my poor erstwhile fake husband's name. Um, <laughs> we got married in Mexico, which was completely uh, invalid because we were underage, had no parental permission or anything, but at least it got us as far as uh, Hollywood. And so that's how I got to California. Um, you and, gotta you know, do... Months later, my parents found me, and uh, but it was it was uh, uh, quite a trek. It's so... like Oki's leaving the Dust Bowl. It's right, the opposite direction. Right. Uh, it's the land of the Do Re Mi. But you, you had no Do Re Mi. You know, uh... I, I think I accumulated from the sale of. Every single thing I own, I have for some reason this the sum, the princely sum of sixty dollars six in my head to move <laughs> across country for the rest of my life. You know, Sally, you have to do an audio version of your book, The Bands with Me. You've got that great Texas accent, and uh, you've got such. Uh, uh, you just have a certain light to your vocal quality that it's just, I'm just uh, thrilled chatting with you. I'm, it's really making my day. You know, there's one thing, Doug Som, I got to know Doug uh, because he used to, he had a gal up here in Minnesota. So he'd come up for the summertime. He was also a huge baseball fan. So he'd go see the Minnesota Twins and then the St. Saint Paul Saints. And I'd bump into him. He'd come down to some of my gigs. And he used to, there was another guy named Willie Murphy who just passed. He used to check out another guy named Curtis Say. But anyway, I was doing some reading. I just stumbled on this thing uh, a few months back that when Doug 
it might have been with Doug and Augie and the band, the Sir Douglas Quintet. They got busted for weed by Sheriff Joe Arapaio, that crazy, oh, wow. yeah, that crazy <laughs> Arizona cop. Yeah, in fact, somebody posted it, and uh, yeah, who's the guy that uh, uh, you know made the uh, uh, the prisoners in his jail were were. Uh, uh, Pink clothing, and then of course Trump. Of course, uh, after he got uh, busted for whatever he was, uh, he should have had doing. that put on his tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> you talk about a claim to fame right there. <laughs> busted by Sheriff Joe, and I survived. Exactly. You know? Yeah, and then you know Trump. Of course, uh, let's. Well, you uh, know the only reason he survived is because he was white. Yeah, um, that's right. You know, not to state the obvious, but, but but then the other story uh, before we end this segment with Sally Man Romano is that uh, though you know back uh, you didn't want to get caught with marijuana in the '60s or even '70s and t- down south, but what I heard what Augie and Doug would do is they would uh, pack their microphone stands with weed. Oh, that's a good idea because you know the Grateful Dead and the New Riders and the Airplane all use their speaker cabinets. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have more with Sally and Romano. We're going to listen to a little Sir Doug, uh, the Sir Douglas Quintet, and we'll be right back in the morning. Tom Hartman. You know, Continental Diamond is special for a lot of reasons. The owners are Jimmy and Helene Pessis, a husband and wife team who had a dream to open their own store more than 30 years ago. They built a business that is the gold standard. The readers of Minnesota Bride Magazine have named Continental Diamond the best jeweler for the last seven years. Why? Amazing, friendly, no-pressure customer service, a selection of fine diamonds and design jewelry unlike anywhere else, and the fresh-baked chocolate chip cookies are pretty great, too. Continental Diamond in St. Louis Park and at ContinentalDiamond.com. If you're someone that counts on AM950 to bring you the latest in progressive politics, news, and talk, remember, we can't do it alone. Support our many great advertisers and let them know you heard about their business on AM950. If you don't know who to talk to, simply write AM950 on your receipt. AM950 is supported by small, local businesses, so you're not only helping us and those businesses, but our local economy as well. For a complete list of our sponsors, log on to am950radio.com. Hi, this is Charlie. Dad, are you sure you want me to say this next line? It will help me get appeal with the kiddos in your generation. If you're sure. My father is the home slice who's keeping it dope fresh, Matt McNeil. Word, G. Sure thing, Dad. When I buy my first vehicle, I'm heading to Rudy Luther Toyota. I love my Sienna, and that quality is featured in every one of their vehicles. Rudy Luther Toyota has an incredible selection of new vehicles and is the seventh largest Toyota certified pre-owned dealer in the country. Rudy Luther Toyota, 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. Native Ritz Radio is proud to announce we've added an extra hour. Yeah, Chuchke, one hour goes by too fast. That's right, Uncle Curtis. I'll have extra time to share important information about our sacred animals. And report national and native news from all over the country and Canada. This new hour is sponsored by Robbins Kaplan LLP, dedicated to redefining excellence for high-stakes litigation representation in Indian country. We are awake the number one source of the Twin Cities gay scene is all digital. Follow Twin Cities gay scene on Facebook and Twitter. Sign up for the Scene Shot email blast for weekly updates and chances to win great prizes. No app is needed to view the bi-weekly web editions of Scene. It's GLBTQ media for the mobile generation. Find it all at TwinCitiesGayScene.com. That's TwinCitiesGayScene.com. 
Seward Co-op, serving the community for nearly 45 years, invites you to shop their two convenient locations, both offering the strong commitment to local producers and healthy foods you've come to expect. Seward focuses on locally grown and raised products, fair trade, and environmental sustainability. Shop their selection of meats, artisan cheeses, and house-made baked goods. Find Seward at 2823 East Franklin Avenue or the Friendship Store on 38th Street and 3rd Avenue in Minneapolis. More at Seward.coop. Welcome back to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metz, and my guest for the whole show tonight, author and uh, really cool rockin' lady, Sally Man Romano, who's written a great book called The Bands With Me. In the, in the first set of the show, we talked about Sally growing up in uh, Houston, Texas, and at 16, making her way out to Los Angeles. So, Sally, you're in Los Angeles. There's a great... Uh, chapter in your book, you're broke, and you and, a, and your girlfriend are going, and you order food at Cantor's Deli, one of the greatest delis in the world, and you don't have the money to pay for it, and then you bump into Phil Spector, the great producer. Oh, it was it was it was just priceless, um, you know. And, and, and another sort of aspect of this era was that nobody ever had any money. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we never had any money. It was just a nightly occurrence that, but some miracle would occur that would, uh, you know, allow us to eat and stay fed, fed, um, <laughs> clothed, and. Uh, but we were doing our tip, you know, after the the clubs closed after the whiskey closed or the the trip or wherever we were uh closed at two o'clock everybody went to to canners and there was this line of humanity outside that was just i mean indescribable and so shelly and i did our usual thing of ordering food that we couldn't pay for and (laughs) looking around the room and um we we had um bagels with cream cheese and strawberry jam and for me this is like a delicacy because we don't have bagels in texas there were no jewish people in houston that we knew of and you know so this was like a big thing and shelly went on to be the star of hair and was just this gorgeous little petite thing and we're sitting there casting our eyes about the the dining room for a likely you know target for our are begging, and she says, oh, look, there's Phil Spector. Wow. And, and uh, you know, he's sitting in his booth with his bodyguard, this guy, this Russian dude named Max, who is just like this, you know, incredible hulk of, right, of right. a guy. And Phil looks like, oh, he's about four foot eleven next to him, but he's wearing some kind of fur coat or something. Sure. And so she said, go ask him for the money. And so so I said, okay, I'll do that. So I... Uh, I go. I, I can't even believe it. it. Just sounds unbelievable to me telling this story. <laughs> so I walk over to their booth, and Phil looks up at me like, you know. And I have to say, I looked uh, a lot better then than I do now. I, 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 can get <laughs> I doubt away with that, but go ahead. Because of the way I looked, and um, he looks up at me like, yes. You know, yeah, I think he probably thought I wanted to ask him for an autograph, which is just hilarious because right, right. I don't do autographs. Um, but I said, look, um, and I told him some ridiculous story how we had lost our wallet or some sure. lie. And I said that, um, you know, we had this tab that uh, we couldn't pay, and perhaps he would be so kind as to cover it for us. And he said, well, how much is it? And I said three. It was two bagels. Right, you know, back right. in the sixties, two <laughs> bagels was three dollars. And he thought I meant three hundred dollars. <laughs> and um oh my God. After we got through that where I was like stuttering and trying to tell him no, I meant three one dollar bills as opposed to right, three hundred dollar right, right. bills. Um he paid you know, he he um agreed, you know, he covered the tab and he asked us to come sit down with him and you know, we ended up you know, going back, you know, from there on, we he struck up a conversation, and um, uh, we became fast friends, and that's how I met Phil Spector, begging in a public restaurant. <laughs> now, did you? Get... Just, you know, we had absolutely. You have to understand, we had no shame. Right. Shame just was not a factor. <laughs> um, you know, we had to get these damn bagels paid for. We didn't sure. care how we did it. Now. You know, uh, Phil, of course, had the great wall of sound. He worked with Renette and uh, uh, Ike and Tino, River Deep, Mountain High. Uh, that's, that's like a, that's, I think that's his masterpiece. Yeah, real. yeah, and and you, then he worked with Leonard Cohen and crazy. And I might just throw in here, too, this is the pre-homicidal Phil. Yeah, right, right. About. He hadn't, you know, gone off the rails quite 
quite so badly. But Although he, was, he had a full count of weirdness going on. Yeah, so now did you get up to his place then in the Hollywood Hills? Pardon? Did you get... Uh, did you spend some time with him and at Yeah, that's when he lived on, uh, he had a big, uh, oh, just this big castle kind of place at the end of uh, Sunset Boulevard. I think it was on uh, Las Colinas. And, okay. Um, it was, you know, this massive structure with gates and uh, another bodyguard. And But he was always with his guy, Max. You know, he had his bodyguard with him all the time. And it was just a, you know, it was just, at that time, he was, you know, uh, I don't know what was going on with him and Ronnie Spector, but she was on the East Coast and, and he was on the West Coast. And uh, he was just rattling around in this giant, you know, mansion by himself. And But at the time, he was obsessed with Lenny Bruce. This was in his Lenny right, Bruce right. Uh, face. And all he really, uh, he was so concentrated on exonerating and representing and, clearing Lenny Bruce's name that, um, you know, that, that took up a quite a bit of his interest. Hmm. Well... I, w- I will just, I want to give one more little plug sure. to Cantor's, because that's also the place that, standing in line, I met Frank Zappa, hmm. who became another paramour of mine. So we got to give a big shout-out to Cantor's. Right. And didn't... It's, uh, it's where the elite meet. Yeah. Well, I was, when I was... Uh, uh, out there doing some gigs at the Troubadour and hanging out. Uh, we'd go to Cancer's, you know, two, three times a week. I buddied up with Frank Stallone and Elliot Easton from the Cars. They treated me like a king, and so went to there. And then Barney's Beanery, of course. That was around oh, back yeah. then. But their, their food is kind of funky. Yeah, I know, but it's a, it's a great place to have beers and play pool. Yeah, yeah. And, That's where I was when I heard that Bobby Kennedy got assassinated. Wow. With, uh, with the Big Brother with Janice wow. the day that Bobby Kennedy got killed. I, I think it just has a bad association in my yeah. mind. Yeah, well, you know, there's also a strange RFK day uh, that, that Wiki was assassinated at the Ambassador Hotel. If you watch the beginning, the opening of Gilligan's Island when the uh, USS Minnow is going out to sea, in the background there's a U.S. flag at half-mast because they were in, in honor of uh, Bobby oh, Kennedy. wow, wow. That's, that's an interesting little piece of trivia. Mm-hmm. And then I remember when I was out there, uh, my friend Tom Arnold was working on the Roseanne show. So we'd go to Studio City and, and uh, uh, drive through Laurel Canyon. And I believe... Fred- Isn't it funny just how the mention of Tom Arnold's name makes you start laughing? I mean, he's such <laughs> a hilarious guy. And, and on Twitter, he's just he's just... Insane! It's just wonderful. I was oh. there the night he met. We we were running buddies back in the day when we were getting our careers together in Minneapolis. I was there the night he opened for Roseanne. Then we went back to uh, his house that he shared with about four other comedians. Uh, partied until uh, the middle of the morning, and uh, not long after that, uh, he married Roseanne Barr. But uh, we've got Sally and <laughs> Romano on, and uh, boy, there uh, well. All I was going to say was when you're driving through, you go by Frank Zappa's old place that I believe used to be he, – he bought from the estate or inherited from Tom Mix, the singing cowboy. Yeah, he bought the Log Cabin, Yeah, uh, which is, you know, a famous place on uh, Laurel Canyon Boulevard. Yeah. Uh, he had the log, the log Cabin for a while. Sally, you are, uh, God, you have so many stories, and I want to hear more of them. We will be back on the Wall of Power Radio Hour with Sally Mann Romano. Great book called The Bands With Me. After a little music and messages. Number one source of the Twin Cities gay scene is all digital. Follow Twin Cities Gay Scene on Facebook and Twitter. Sign up for the Scene Shot email blast for weekly updates and chances to win great prizes. No app is needed to view the bi-weekly web editions of Scene. It's GLBTQ Media for the mobile generation. Find it all at TwinCitiesGayScene.com. That's TwinCitiesGayScene.com. 
Located just north of 50th in France, the Great Wall Restaurant has provided a delicious taste of authentic Chinese cuisine since 1981. Specializing in Sichuan and Peking dishes, they offer one of the most extensive menus in the Twin Cities. Favorites include hot and sour soup, pan-fried dumplings, and mushu pork with homemade Chinese pancakes. Stop by their Edina location or call for takeout at 952-927-4439. See the full menu at greatwallrestaurant.us. Turn to Auto Technical with your vehicle donation. Even though Auto Technical is a small nonprofit, we have helped more families with transportation than any organization in Minnesota. Since 94, we have reconditioned donated vehicles so they have a higher tax benefit. Call Richard at 612 919 5526. 612 919 5526. Or autotech.org. Dad, don't you have a delusional My Dad is Radio host Matt McNeil opening line for this ad? I'll let you speak from your heart this time, son. Sure. I drive a Rudy Luther Toyota Sienna. It handles great, even during nasty weather, and it carries all my stuff. I play baseball, and the Sienna has room for half the team and all our gear. The Sienna is great. Having another driver in the family is a stress reliever, but knowing he's driving himself, his sisters, and his friends in a reliable and safe Toyota Sienna is peace of mind. Thanks, Rudy Luther Toyota, 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. Hi, I'm Dr. Scott Shambot from Shambot Family Dentistry. We're the fear-free, get-you-out-of-pain-now dental office. We always offer a free exam and x-rays for new patients because we believe you shouldn't have to pay to find out what's wrong with your teeth. Call today. We're open early and late and Saturdays to fit your schedule. As my daughter Rachel says, If you don't see my dad, please see another dentist. Take care of your teeth because they're the only ones you get. Call 1-800-FIX-MY-TEETH or visit fixmyteeth.us. This is Ellie Krug from Ellie 2.0 Radio on Mondays from 7 to 8 a.m. Many listeners know that I founded Human Inspiration Works, LLC, which trains on human inclusivity and on how to be welcoming, diverse humans. Today, organizations of all sizes find that they need to train team members on diversity and inclusion. I can do that. Many say that my trainings change the way they see the world. I'd love to help make your organization more welcoming. For more information, go to humaninspirationworks.com. Thank you. With your AM950 weather, I'm Sam Turnberg. Tonight, it's mostly clear with a low around 31. Tomorrow's cloudy with a high near 49. Monday, mostly cloudy with a high near 54. Tuesday, partly sunny with a high near 53. And Wednesday, chance of rain with a high near 54. The Minneapolis Farmer's Market is here. The Lindale location opens April 27th. The Nicollet Mall location opens May 2nd. And the Government Center opens May 7th. As the weather gets warmer, we'll start to see fresh produce. More information at mplsfarmersmarket.com. Welcome back to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metz. And my guest for the whole show is the ever-delightful Sally Man Romano, who wrote a great book about her time in rock and roll called The Bands With Me, Tour 1964 to 1975. At the end of the last set, Sally, you were uh, you dropped a name that I think people would like to know a little more about, uh, a woman, also a Texas lady, by the name of Janice Joplin. Right, right. Big Brother. Yep, Big Brother and the Holding Company. So how did you hook up with uh, Janice and uh, Big Brother and the Holding Company? Well, you know what the worst words in the English language to a person of my age are? Do you remember? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to take a a flying shot at that Big Brother we're playing at the Whiskey. I think um, um, in 67 or so, um, maybe early 68, they they probably did a, a... five-day gig at the whiskey mm-hmm. um and i, I that's my that's my uh, story and i'm sticking to it okay. uh, but somehow when they were in la uh for an extended period of time i um, um met and started going around with james Gurley, her uh one of her guitar players sure and um uh we got uh close and i ended up uh moving from L.A. to San Francisco to be with James. Hmm. Um, and so that's how that uh, sort of uh, second wave of the California migration happened. Right. I went up to San Francisco and um, ended up getting a place there. And, um, uh, you know, that, that's the, the big brother angle of that. And, uh, you know, they were, they were uh, playing all up and down California and, and across the United States at the time. Did uh, uh, Janice and yourself 
did you have any uh, uh, things in common, both growing up in Texas, like you did? Well, um, yeah, you know, we both drank way too much and uh, were too loud. <laughs> Blame it and, on Texas. Uh, I you love know, like to be the center of attention. Sure. Liked, uh, and like Grace, I'm going to throw Grace in here because we all like to be, we really enjoyed um, having a lot of guys. You know, Grace has often said, and, and I know Janice felt this way, that she likes being in a band with a bunch of guys. And um, uh, so, you know, we had those things in common. Um, you know, Janice had, uh, was just, uh, you know, at this point, uh, a lot of fun. And, and you know, she, uh, you know, the, the good thing about some of these years, this was a, that's uh, a period of time when really horrible things had not started taking their toll on people. Right. So, you know, she was just, you know, somebody who had a bottle of Southern Comfort and, uh, you know, uh, Spencer Dryden had his bottle of Jack Daniels and everybody was just rocking along, not not uh, uh, suffering too much. So how did you bump into Spencer Dryden, the drummer uh, for the Jefferson Airplane, and start that romance? Well... Uh, if you must know, we must um, we I, must know I, on the Wall of Power Radio. We must know. I, uh, <laughs> this same question. This is hilarious because this this same question was posed to me by a reporter for um, Gentleman's Quarterly about uh, fifty years ago. Mm-hmm. He asked me. He did, he did an interview with me. And he asked me how I met my husband, and I told him. I said I had some fabulous cocaine, and I sold it to him. <laughs> um, and he said we can't print that. And I said, well, that's the story of my life. <laughs> You can't print that. So um, that's where that interview came to an end. But that's, uh, you know, I uh, uh, I was really good friends with Yorma. See, the, the summer uh, of 60, I think it was 68 or 67, uh, the airplane spent the entire summer in Los Angeles mm-hmm. recording uh, after bathing at Baxter's. And so they would be in the whiskey. Paul would be in the whiskey, and that's where I met Paul Kantner. And so by the time I moved to San Francisco, I was already real tight with Yorma. Right. Yorma was one of my best friends. And uh, Yorma Kalkin and the stars oh, for the airplane. Well, and and um, they were sort of known for liking to sample certain kinds of wares. And <laughs> I happened to have some of those wares, and I... Um, mentioned it to Yorma, and he said, well, why don't you call Paul? And Paul said, why don't you call Spencer? And um, so I met Spencer one afternoon, and um, that was it. We were together from that day on. Well, and Yorma, who I've had uh, the great pleasure of uh, opening for a couple of times, fellow Finlander, uh, I might add, and whose father was a CIA spook, uh, uh, that he was in the State Department, but uh, Yorma's now has mentioned that uh, over the years, hopefully, so I don't think I'm uh, letting anything out of the bag on that one. We've got Sally Man Romano on the show, if you just tuned into the Wall of Power Radio Hour. So, there's so much more to cover, but tell us about your hanging out, really, 67, the summer love. Uh, it had to be an incredibly powerful uh seen back then before like you said before everything started to go dark uh but you're hanging you're you're going out with the drummer for the jefferson airplane you're hanging out with big brother and the holding company and then uh there's some crossover and you're starting to to hang out with the grateful dead and the new riders the purple sage right uh spencer uh ended up leaving the airplane in 1970 and um we we moved from San Francisco across the bridge to Sausalito, and over the course of the our first few months over there, he was doing a lot of session work, and um, he, he just you know this was just such an incredible time. Even the music for um, Sesame Street was being recorded huh. by. Uh, San Francisco musician Boz Skaggs and sure. um, you know the the Electric Company and Jerry Slick Grace's first husband was recording video for PBS and I mean the, just the music thing was just everywhere and over the course of that summer Jerry, this was when Jerry Garcia was still playing uh, pedal steel with the New Riders mm-hmm. but um, you know the the Dead and the New Riders are so famous for their um, interminable sets. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. Four hours apiece. And so Jerry just, it, it just got, to, had gotten to the point where Jerry, um, you know, he couldn't hang for eight hours. Yeah. Uh, and well, they, the, so the new riders were, were sort of changing personnel a little bit. Right. And they got, they got, uh, Buddy Cage from, uh, Ian and Sylvia to come down from, uh, Canada, Canada. and, uh, to play pedal steel. 
and Kreutzmann, Billy Kreutzmann, had been playing, and, and well, wait a minute, no, Mickey Hart, uh, the drummer for the Dead, had been sure. playing drums with the New Riders, and so they, they, you know, they they just couldn't do both forever, right? Um, and so uh, Jerry came by the house one day and uh, ended up talking to Spencer, and you know, over the course of uh, just really almost uh, a week or so, Spencer ended up joining the New Riders um, as their drummer and really? Cage. Uh, became the drummer for, uh, I mean, became the pedal steel player for the New Riders. Right. Well, that's something, that's why you have to listen to the Ball and Power Radio Hour, because most people probably would not know that Jerry Garcia recruited Spencer Dryden to play drums for the New Riders. I have to ask you, you've got some great photographs in your book that uh, no one has ever seen before. The great color photos, um... And, the, you know, back of the day, Grace Slick, Paul Kantner, Spencer Dryden, you know, uh, and yourself, Sally, uh, Man Romano, gorgeous photos, gorgeous, gorgeous people, I might add. And what they I, were, they were pretty good looking, weren't they? They were damn good looking. And, uh, what I loved here, I know, page 165, I'm just, you've got the, uh, the and I, can I just, I just yeah. want to throw something out here. For all you people on Facebook and Twitter who think I still look like that, I do. I look exactly <laughs> like I did on stage at Woodstock 50 years ago. So just keep that little vision in mind. <laughs> Haven't know, aged a bit. No, I, I, I uh, you, you Whatever you say, Sally, we're down with it. <laughs> hey, Sally, I gotta ask you. I love that you know, as a young guitar player growing up, uh, those those tie dye, those psychedelic tie dyes that uh, both the New Riders and the Dead used uh, for their amplifiers were. You know, I saw the Dead in '73 with the Wall of Sound in St. Paul, so I experienced that whole thing the first night I ever saw them. But I have to ask you, did you ever get dosed at uh, accident? Well, not. It, you weren't getting ghost taxes, you know. That's a it's it's an interesting question because a lot of people have a misunderstanding about that, and they just think that if you went to a Grateful Dead show, that you were just automatically dosed. You know, I have been dosed, but not by any, uh, you know, not by the people, not by the usual suspects. You know, right? Um, uh, but in, uh, I'll let this out. There's a code at Grateful Dead shows, or there at least was in my era, that if any. Um, beer or drink or anything was uh, dosed, the bottle or the, the whatever it came in would be uh, uh, mutilated in some way. Like huh. the most common thing was on a, a bottle of Heineken's or something, the label would be torn. Really? Um, and, and if it was like a red Dixie cup, it would be pressed in on one side. Wow. And, you know, people weren't just randomly, hey, let's get this person all screwed up, you know. Right. Um, but, I mean, there was, uh, it's not to say that there wasn't dosing going on, but but most people knew, you know. And, and, and backstage, I mean, the roadies of the Grateful Dead are more famous than the band. And yeah. it wasn't just like random people, um, you know, gulping down vats of LSD. Right. Um, um, so, you know, I had been dosed, uh, but... but um, you know, when I got dosed by the Grateful Dead, I knew what I was, at least I knew I was getting dosed. Right, right. Sally, we got about a two minutes left. Uh, I had the pleasure of meeting Bill Graham in New York City. I just cold called him at his Winterland office on 64th Street. I had uh, 86. I just put out a single uh, called 59 Coal Mines. He answered the door. He was vacuuming his office. And he let me in, and he couldn't have been nicer. Um and uh, but you have a great story. Now we got a minute and thirty. Tell us about when he invited you and others to see Marlena Dietrich at the Fairmont Hotel in San Francisco. Um, it uh, okay. Uh, I was working for the Grateful Dead, and Bobby Weir, uh, uh, guitarist for the Dead, and um, and Spencer, who was on the road with the New Riders with them, were on the road, and it was Christmas time, and. It, it uh, came to pass that uh, Marlena Dietrich was uh, going to be in town in San Francisco at the Fairmont. And Bill, you know, he's a, a guy who he loves the, the huge gesture. He's just, you know, people have bad impression, but he's a wonderful human being. Yeah. And he invited, he 
bought tickets for uh, a bunch of us. Uh, Herb Green, the famous rock photographer whose pictures are in my book, and Frankie Weir, Bobby's uh, uh, wife at the time, and me, and uh, Zahn Artman, his assistant. Just a, a great, uh, but probably about 12 of us all together. And we went, we went to see... Um, uh, Marlena Dietrich at the Fairmont Hotel, and it was just—it was just one of those nights that just sparkled, you know, from beginning to end. He came for us all in this gorgeous limousine with, uh, you know, brandy and and other refreshments. And um, but the the gig, you know, for Grateful Dead people, it was just—it was just incredible. They clear, you know, she had uh, such an incredible ironclad contract. She uh, all silverware, even water glasses have to be cleared off the tables. Yeah. Her show, and um, she was about eighty something at the time, and she had this dress that she's—that's a hugely famous dress um, that she was sort of um, stitched into, and, right. and, uh, and Bill was just transported. You know, he's from Germany, and sure. um, he just. You know, he just was enraptured by her set. And I mean, it was just, it was a fabulous, fabulous night. And he just had, we all had a really, really wonderful time. And it was a sort of a, a, a cross-cultural experience for us. And, and it, it was a really, really wonderful evening. Sally uh, Man Romano, we're going to have you on for uh, one more set. Her book is called The Bands With Me. Track it down on Amazon. Uh, we're going to talk about Richard Manuel and also her Rocket Rescue Ranch after a little music and he's messing. Art lovers, it's time to celebrate, learn about, and collect local art at the St. Paul Art Crawl, running April 26th to 28th. The Spring St. Paul Art Crawl, presented by the St. Paul Art Collective, is a must-do experience that you will love. Over the weekend, you will have the chance to explore a wide variety of art while touring through local artist studios, lofts, and galleries. Up for purchase will be paintings, photography, pottery, sculpture, fiber arts, and more. The Art Crawl sprawls over 34 locations. Join the Art Crawl and discover outstanding art for your own. And when you buy local art, you're providing to artists so that they may continue to create the art we love. The Metro Transit is supporting the local art community, too, with free transit passes. Download your pass to ride buses and light rail for free during the Art Crawl. Be sure to get details at stpaulartcrawl.org. That's stpaulartcrawl.org. Hi, Matt here from Green Home Doctors. We've just experienced the worst ice dam season in years. If you had ice dams, it is critical to fix the cause so this doesn't happen again and create damage to your ceiling or worse. Contact Green Home Doctors to analyze your heat loss. We have specialized equipment that allows us to diagnose where the heat loss is occurring and make it possible to remedy the issue effectively. Visit GreenHomeDR.com. That's GreenHomeDR.com. Looking to experience the Northwoods and Boundary Waters? Big Bear Lodge is the perfect choice. May and June are a perfect time to spot some moose as well as have great fishing. Mention AM950 during May and you'll receive 10% off when you book the Dakota Cabin. A cozy cabin perfect for couples or a single person looking to unplug and unwind. Find out more about this great getaway and see their authentic modern woodsy cabins at BigBearLodgeMN.com. That's BigBearLodgeMN.com. Hi, this is Charlie. Dad, please don't make me say this next line. Do you want to go to college? Okay. My dad is the radio host who's craved worldwide Matt McNeil. Outstanding! Yikes. My parents have me driving a Toyota Sienna, because regardless of driving conditions, rain, snow, or sunshine, the Sienna handles great and gets me safely to where I need to be. My son and I each drive a Rudy Luther Toyota Sienna because we trust them. They're fantastic vehicles. Test drive one today at Rudy Luther Toyota, five miles west of Minneapolis on 394. Crazy about pets? We are too. The Pet Connection Show is a great venue for fun, informative, and creative conversations about pets. Join myself, Kathy Menard, and Dr. Nicole Parole, along with guests who are leaders in the dynamic and growing pet industry, as we discuss healthcare, relationships, behaviors, and even political issues as they relate to our pets. So come, sit, stay for the Pet Connection Show, Sundays 11 a.m. to noon on AM 950 Radio, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Welcome back to the fourth set. 
of the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metzler. My guest for the whole show, uh, just the fabulous Sally Man Romano, who's got a great book out called The Bands With Me. First of all, Sally, tell us how people can track down the book. The best way uh, to get the book um, is on blurb.com. Okay. Uh, you can just do a search with, for the bands with me, and that's for the soft cover book. Um, there uh, is an iTunes version uh, on Apple, on in Apple Books, and uh, there is a Kindle version, uh, but it's uh, important to note that it's in the Kindle store, not in Kindle Books. But as far as I'm concerned, I, I really love it if people can get the, the actual book on, on Blurb because um, of the photographs. Yeah. You know, there, there's over 100 photos in the book, and um, we were just so lucky that a, a completely guy that my book designer happened to know from a million years ago just came forward at the sort of at the end of the deal and he had these hundreds of unpublished photographs of the grateful dead that were just i mean they're just stupendous yeah you know? so and he just he just let us have them so uh, there's a lot of great photos and we also need to talk about uh uh other than our love of music and a lot of the musicians uh you hung out with we also are big uh Animal rescue people. I'm a big doggy rescue guy. You rescue um, donkeys and dogs. Tell us about that. Go ahead. Rocket yeah, I have Ranch. A little, uh, I have a little place um, about 65 miles from Houston. It's a, um, uh, a, about eight acres uh, outside of Huntsville. And I have, um, I think right now I have 15 animals out here. And the donkey, uh, Gringo, who prefers to be known by his stage name, Badonka Donk, um, <laughs> was a, a left here by somebody who lived here before. And so the owner asked me if I would uh, take him in. And so that was sort of the first um, member of the, the new herd. And I had been um, feeding feral cats in Houston, much to the chagrin of my neighbors. And I managed to transplant on about nine of them out here. And their uh, uh, progeny are all domesticated now. So there's cats and uh, dogs and three horses. I took in two horses from California. And I have a, a horse I've had for a really long time, Pepper. And so we just, uh, you know, trying to keep body and soul together out here in the middle of nowhere. So how can people uh, track down the Rocket Ranch Rescue and make a donation? You said something about a GoFundMe page? The best page? way uh, to do that, I think, is uh, on GoFundMe. If they will just do a search for Rocket Ranch with an I, R-A-C-K-I-T, um, there's a number of campaigns um, that have, have were predicated on sort of like veterinary emergencies at the time. But there's an ongoing campaign for one of the rescues here is a diabetic uh, dog named Squeezer. And the campaign is Squeezer the, the Wonder Pug. And uh, I'm told that that, that uh, site... Uh, has no glitches and that the you know that it's uh, pretty hassle free in terms of making donations. Great and uh, um, God bless you for doing that great work. We've got about uh, four minutes left. I want to talk about your relationship with Richard Manuel, one of my uh, all time favorite musicians, singer, the best, the best uh, keyboard player, and Levon Helm's favorite drummer. Right, and he's uh, he just. You know, I still can hardly listen to Lonesome Susie. You know, it's a, just the most amazing voice in the world. And uh, there's a great... What about that? There's something about Valentine's Day, a great gig, and then you guys go back to the hotel together with all those uh, roses, uh, courtesy of Bill Graham Presents, and with the humidifier turned into a sound like a wonderful night uh, of romance. It, it absolutely was. I mean, it was just completely out of the blue. And, and uh, you know, it just, it was, it's just, uh, it, and it's another tip of the hat to Bill Graham. I mean, when he does something, uh, he does it upright, you know. And, and uh, um, you can imagine what the last gig of the Bob Dylan, the band tour was in, in Los 74. Angeles. I mean, everybody from Ringo Starr to Cher to, uh, you know, backstage was like, you know, the A-list of A-lists. And, um, um uh, Richard, uh, I think we've talked about this before. He had um, a deviated septum, right. and he, uh, he, you know, he was 
used a lot of Sinex, but he had to have a humidifier um, all the time mm-hmm. uh, in his room to keep his, his nasal passages clear. And we're not even going to go into the other side of that topic. Right, um, right, but, right. But he had, he, I forget if we were, we must have been at the Beverly Hills Hotel. I, I can't remember. Uh, or it might have been the Beverly Wilshire, but wherever where the hotel was, the um, humidifier had been left on. And the roadies, uh, Bill Sheely, who deserves a huge shout-out, the best roadie in the world, um, brought all these roses that Bill had given the the band's girlfriends and wives. He had brought them back to the suite. And you and, just, excuse me for a second, you had just started going out with Richard, correct? At the, the, like two days before. Wow. And Bill still... That, this is just Bill Graham to a T. Still, even though I had just met Richard at uh, their show in, in Oakland two days before, and he invited me to go down to the Valentine's gig, um, Bill still arranged to have the yellow, you know, and he, of course he had yellow roses for the yellow rose of Texas. Bill and I were pretty tight from my time. You know, he used to manage the airplane, and right. so... You know, Bill was a, a friend of mine, um, but he had, uh, you know, arranged for these massive bouquets of roses, and um, they had been left in the hotel suite with that humidifier going. And when we opened the room, it was like Shangri-La. I mean, it was just, <laughs> I was just mind-boggling. You know, it really, really, really um, made the night quite, quite exceptional. That is that is pure magic. You know, Sally, uh, we've touched on about less than 10% of what's in your great book, The Band's With Me. I have a a long-standing arrangement with Charles Pierce, the greatest liberal blogger and writer of our time. He comes on every chance we can get him. It's called Checkpoint Charlie. What I want to offer you tonight in the waning minutes of the Wall of Power Radio Hour, Sally Man Romano, is I would like to check in with you semi-regularly, and we are going to call it Sneaking Sally Through the Alley. Thank you so much, Paul. I really appreciate you having me, and and, uh, and I don't mind if people misunderstood anything about how to get a hold of the book or Rocket Ranch. They can always come to me on my Facebook page. It's open, and my messages are open on Twitter as well. Well, bless you, and, uh, and pet all the animals for me, and uh, have a wonderful day. You too, Paul. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. The show is produced by Paul Metza, engineered by Hunter Haas. We'd like to thank our guest, Sally Mann Romano. Great book called The Bands With Me. You can track me down on paulmetza.com. If you're a business or have an event coming up and would like to advertise on this show, get a hold of info at am950radio.com. And like my dad used to tell me, remember to be kind and make someone happy.